The Dominican Republic is one of the most toured countries in the world, with its beautiful beaches, delicious cuisine, and friendly people. How can one not want to visit? But what about the DR's water crisis? Not many people know about this. Three of ten people worldwide don't have access to clean water, and two of five people don't have access to basic sanitations. Now those numbers are huge. Ma'am Sharif is from the DR and is here to discuss her country's water crisis. It's good to have you here. Now, the DR experiences a lot of inclement weather, hurricanes, storms, and tropical storms. These have long-term effects on the country's sewage system and piping, thus contaminating the water. Due to this, the people of the country simply cannot consume the water. If the water is consumed, it raises possibilities for waterborne illnesses. Studies show that poor communities in the countries are at a high risk for waterborne illnesses as they are more likely to use the island's water for drinking. Over the years, many organizations have been lending a helping hand, but the water crisis is far from over. Communities near the Haitian border are hit hard. Socioeconomic status plays a role in this. Depending on one's income, occupation, and even geographical location, some people may be more accessible to clean water than others. Furthermore, what makes the wealthier part of the island have more access to clean water? Uh, it definitely does have to do with geographical um, location. Um, so how I mentioned earlier, um, my family is from Tenares. Um, and Tenares is, um, we call them campos, which is more of like village side. Um, but within the village side, you know, there is a town. And so the town is more vibrant. And that's where um, there's some people go there to for um, tourism. So the town itself is very vibrant, um, but when you start to go deeper into um, Tenares, you have these small campos, which is, um, you know, you you have the, you know, the little houses and stuff. And so for them, um, their water system could be completely different depending on, on um, how the family is earning their money. Um, my uncle who, um, who lived in Tenares, he, his um, house and like his plumbing system is very much advanced. So, you know, they have running water, but they can't use the water to drink. It's more so um, to shower and um, for the plumbing system. Um, but when you go into different parts of Dominican Republic that are more, um, I guess, lower income, you definitely do see the lack of, of um, water. You go into the richer sides, you know, this is the world of the president lives, governor, mayor, whatever. Um, and then you, of course, have the, the artists, the singers, um, the influencers who live in, in bigger houses and who probably have more access to um, water or accessible access to water. The water faucet is completely contaminated. Within the country, there are septic tanks that poorer communities drink from. The issue with this is that the water is contaminated with bacteria, insects, and even dead birds have been reported to be found in numerous tanks in the country. Drinking from this is dangerous. This is what leads to the people of the DR to drink from the river. As for wealthier communities, there are trucks that carry clean water for the people. Within these wealthier neighborhoods, most of the population still buy store-bought water rather than utilizing the trucks. These trucks rarely go to the poorer communities. Is there an alternative for those people that can't afford store-bought water? Is drinking from the river their next best option?
um, you definitely cannot drink from from the faucet itself. Even when you look up, um, what should I consider when traveling to Dominican Republic online? That is one of the first things that they will tell you is that the the water is not safe to drink from um, from the tap because of bacteria and and other stuff. Um, that being said, there is a water gallon trunk truck, excuse me, that um, comes around to the different neighborhoods. And um, I'm not sure if, if you, I'm probably positive that you have to pay for these water gallons. Um, but for my family, for example, we have um, a water gallon and we get a few of those to last us throughout the month. Um, and then when we run out, we basically resupply um, or you basically go to the grocery store and get bottled water, which is the next best, best thing. Um, and so for many people, if you could afford it, then that's great. And if not, um, you know, for many of us, we probably don't even live by a river that's close by. So we probably have to ask like neighbors or, or family friends that live closer um, if we can, you know, have some other water supply in which to, um, they would probably be open to sharing with you. But for many people that do live by the river, um, I'm pretty sure that their next best bet is probably getting water from the river and somehow trying to purify the water. Um, I do know that when my mom was younger, she was telling me stories about how they would always have to carry water from the river and that was a really, really far walk and a really long walk. And um, if you know anything about carrying water um, for your family, it's not just gonna be one bucket, it's gonna be multiple buckets and multiple trips. So for some people that still is a reality, but um, it is more of a developing country. So there's a little bit more of water access around the island. Okay, so we know the next best option is getting water from the river because of the dangers of consuming from septic tanks. But cholera seems to be living within the waters of the DR. Cholera is a diarrheal infection caused by ingestion of contaminated water. It can be deadly within hours, if not treated. Children are proven to be most vulnerable. Diarrhea causes half the deaths of children under age one in the country. Poor neighborhoods near the Haitian border are affected more because they are less aware of the infection. Nearly 2,000 cases of cholera have been confirmed as of June last year, according to the General Directorate of Epidemiology of the Dominican Ministry of Public Health. How is cholera being informed on the island? Um, I think one of the ways that, you know, that Dominicans are being informed about it, um, I feel like it, it, it's kind of a something that's like, well, duh, like we've been knowing, you know, um, you know, for many of us, we're kind of like, well, we just don't drink from the, from the tap because it, it's dangerous. It's not good. It can, it can get you sick. Um, and so I feel like one way that they are being informed is maybe by organizations that come into the island to volunteer their time um, and, and are eager about um, spreading clean water throughout the island for Dominicans. So that's one way is by having um, these like nonprofit organizations come in. Um, and I, I personally haven't been affected, but I know my mom has. Um, she 
drank water. I think it was it was either she drank water from the tap or um, they got the wrong source of water from somewhere because you can't, even though you do go to a store, you can't just buy any type of water. Um, so I know that like whenever we go back to visit, there's a specific brand that my family gets and that's the type of water that my mom is more used to because it's more like the water that we have here in the States. Um, so when she had this, water you know it caused her um you know with vomiting she couldn't eat for days she was dehydrated um, much like the symptoms of cholera um but she was able to get it treated she was able to get some antibiotics but you know for a lot of other people who who can't afford that or you know don't know what's happening and they just think that it's just like a common cold or something um or a stomach bug you know it, it is fatal for them um I think that one way that we can improve awareness is by going into communities of lower income um, or of lower knowledge that don't know about what's happening and, you know, really trying to, to, um, to, I guess, educate them. And it does start with the youth educating the older community. Um, it really does start with like the government trying to take a harder stance on it um, I think that it really just comes up to the Dominican people to organize around that. In 2014, Flint, Michigan dealt with the water crisis that led to lead poisoned water into homes. We saw a massive amount of youth within the community getting involved. Should we be getting the youth involved in these affairs? Could we learn something from fresher minds that are actually living through the crisis? Um, well, you know, like you said, like there's about 844 million people that don't have access to clean water worldwide. So it's not just international, but it's also, you know, in our own backyard. So we take Flint, for example, and, um, you know, we saw what happened in Flint and we saw the the organizing that went around that, right, with the, the um, young activists who who was basically tired of having her water poisoned. So that's one way to take a stand is by organizing and speaking out about these injustices and, you know, viewing where these injustices are happening, right? Is it just happening in, in the wealthier communities or is it happening in communities of lower income and what type of, what type of people live in those communities, right? Um, so I definitely think that that organizing around that is very, very important. And I think that that's one issue, one way that we can get that issue resolved. Um, obviously, Rome wasn't built within a day, but, you know, these things do take time. But it is also a time sensitive matter, as to, um, as to say. Um, and, you know, another way to really stay informed is, you know, being educated about that. So like I said, like, it's not necessarily just up to the youth, but you know, the revolution has always been in the hands of the youth. So if there's an issue um, that, that the younger generation doesn't really understand, then it's really up to the youth to kind of, to carry that torch and to, to shed light on that. So Leo Water is a nonprofit organization formerly known as Water for Panama. This organization was formed in October 2012. They work to repair and implement new water systems. One of their values is empowering local communities by including them in every decision process. What should organizations do to help with the water crisis? 
Well, I think that their mission or their um, their value set at best, right, is empowering local communities by including them in every decision um, and in every process. And I think that's something that the world is missing is including communities in decision-making process, right? Um, I think that one of the things that we see and something that like anthropologists have said is that people will go into these communities not knowing what the people are facing and just want to, you know, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna add this, this and that and the third, and it's gonna be very beneficial for you guys and, you know, problem solved. When in reality, maybe that just made the problem even worse and it didn't even fix the problem that they actually needed. So um, I definitely think that when you go into communities, it's really important to listen to what it is that they're saying um, and not just listening to them, but try to experience what it is that they're, you know, like you don't wanna go in there as the expert, even though it may seem like you are, but really just go in there as if you live in that community, right? As if your children are drinking this water, as if, you know, your grandparents are drinking this water or, you know, trying to cook with this water. Um, so really putting yourself in their shoes and not just, you know, coming in as I'm the expert, I know what I'm doing, or we know what we're doing. To conclude, the ultimate goal for this podcast is to raise awareness for the country's water crisis, to give some insight of what's really happening and not what's just being reported. Awareness leads to more involvement and opportunity to change parts of the world that's in need. Potential organizations can be planned like a sanitation task force, a cholera research team, etc. Raising awareness for the country's crisis can lead to a change in policy or even create new policies, like creating product-based incentives like crops or water bottles for urban areas to decrease their consumption that leads to contamination. Even increasing fundings for wastewater and chlorination treatments while also increasing investments in research of preventable measures for natural disasters are highly recommended when establishing a better policy. And it all starts with awareness.